0: Good morning. It is Monday, July 27th, and this is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. on KOPN, and all episodes can be found online at kopn.org and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today on Community Pulse, our host, Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, discusses a change announced over the weekend from our local health department regarding testing. Columbia Boone County Department of Public Health and Human Services will no longer provide COVID-19 test orders to CDC-defined close contacts of known COVID-19 positive cases. Instead, recommending those contacts get test orders from their primary, primary care providers or go to urgent care. Dr. Alleman is a local family physician and host of Your Health Matters here on KOPN. As always, she joins us by phone this morning. Good morning, Dr. Alleman. Thanks for joining us.
1: Good morning, Mallory, and thank you so much. I want um, our listeners to know that uh, you and I had a, had a show planned, and because of this email that I received yesterday, uh, from uh, Ashley Milham, uh, Dr. Ashley Milham, who's the um, medical director of the Columbia-Boone County Department of Public Health and Human Services. We, we changed it at the last minute, so here we are. We're going to do our best. Yes, yes. So um, before we get started, I just want to clarify when we go over the numbers that numbers are increasing in the United States and in Missouri and um, in Boone County. So uh, total worldwide, 16, 454 cases. We are really racking them up, uh, 653,000 deaths in the United States. We have 5% of the world's population, and we have 25% of the world's cases, 4,372,000. So we've got five times as many cases as you would expect based on our population, with 150,000 deaths um, and 2 million people recovering. Here in Missouri, we have ongoing increases in our um, average new daily cases, like Clearly, the number, of, no, total number of cases, is increasing, but we're looking at the daily number of new cases. So, um, the uh, from Matthew Holloway's data, um, we have in in Missouri now forty three thousand seven hundred and seven cases. The in the last twenty four hours, uh, one thousand and eighty four cases, um, new cases, and this is on a weekend. So. Typically, the Monday numbers are much lower than the numbers of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so Saturday and Sunday tends to be a little bit lower reporting days. Uh, but uh, we are now our seven-day average is 1,169. Our seven-day average has been increasing now, oh, since the beginning of July. Hmm? Let's see if I look. We had one little down downturn uh, right after the 4th of July. But really, it, there's been a pretty steady increase since the middle of June. Um, and uh, our uh, positive PCR test, the seven-day average rate of positive PCR test for Missouri is now at to 12.3%. We had been, you know, at the best of times, we've been running down close to 3%. Uh, then last week, it was running at about 6 to 7%, and now we've doubled that, which tells us that we're not doing enough tests. Um, so we are thinking that ideally, you know, in the country to really successfully bent this virus, this uh, pandemic down, their um, positive test rate is more like 1%, which means they are really looking for all of the cases. Um, uh, deaths, Missouri, if the reporting of deaths in Missouri that are attributed to COVID-19 are problematic for many reasons, intrinsic to the task. And also, I don't think that the people who are supposed to be doing this are doing it in the most transparent or effective way. That being said, we have 1,243 documented deaths, and it looks like um, the death rate is trending upwards now. So, And in Boone County, we have surpassed 1,000 cases, 1,051 cases. And it looks like we've been going 25 cases a day, new cases a day, and now we're up to more like 50 cases, of new cases a day, which what we're going to get to is that that is apparently unsustainable for our public health department. So do you have any comments about the, um, the numbers, Mallory, before we jump into talking about this email that I got from the public health department yesterday?
0: I don't think I do today. I'd love to kind of jump into this, um, yeah. this other topic. I'm
1: going to read the email. Okay. Okay. So, good afternoon. I wanted to let you know about an update to a process here at Columbia, Boone County Department of Public Health and Human Services. As you may have been aware, we have been providing optional but recommended COVID-19 test orders to CDC-defined close contacts of our COVID-19 positive cases. This is getting unsustainable, and we see that household contacts are at much higher risk, of course, than any other identified close contacts. Therefore, we will continue to provide the testing orders for household contacts, but the other close contacts will be advised that if they want to obtain testing, then they'll need to do one of the following. Basically, get a provider to order your test. Call your primary provider, Call Urgent Care to request a telehealth phone or video visit for this. If you do not have a primary care provider, you may call a primary care clinic to ask if you can establish care via telehealth visit, phone or video, since you are quarantined, and then you can ask the provider during that visit. I understand this may add to each of your workloads, and I apologize for that. We find this to be an important mitigation strategy, but our current process is no longer feasible at this level. Sincerely, Ashley Milham M.D. Medical Director, Columbia Boone County Health Department of Public Health and Human Services.
0: So, Dr. Alleman, in just one sentence, could you summarize, like, what, what does that mean for someone who's a close contact of a positive case? Just really quick. It,
1: yeah, it means that now it's going to be on you to find a doctor to order a test for you. Okay. So it, it means increasing the barriers for the very people we want to test to get tested. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I'm so, I, I, I do not believe that any single person is to blame for this, and I do not want anyone to believe that somehow I'm trying to take on uh, uh, one of my colleagues publicly, who not not only is she a physician in, in this community, she's also a family physician, and I have a bias about the, the benefit of family physicians. Especially ones that have a public health um, heart. So, um, n- in no way do I, I, I believe that Dr. Milham is in a an unwinnable solution situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I just kind of want to go through the process right now. So, if a person tests positive for COVID nineteen, the Department of Health reaches out to them and asks them who have they been in contact with. So that includes all the people that they that live in their household and anyone that they have had what's called close contact. So that is more than 15 minutes, less than six feet away without a mask. So these are the kinds of, this is not, oh, I happened to be in the grocery store with them, or I was at the next table in a restaurant, or that person was my server in a restaurant. As long as the server wore a mask, then that's not considered a contact. So these are a person that you went on a date with, a person that you, I don't know, were um, w- 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 at a party with and shared a drink and had a conversation at close quarters.
0: Could these be, Dr. Alman, like someone who you sit in a class with thinking about students coming back or someone who you work yeah. next to in the same you know, office?
1: Here's the thing is we do not know how much masks are going to protect Students who spend all day in the classroom with each other. We are, we we have some correlation about that. Everybody ought to wear a mask, okay? I think that. So we don't know, but I don't think that that would qualify if everybody was wearing a mask. Um. So it's without a mask, closer than six feet, more than fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes or more contact. Um. And so it. Previously, what's been happening is that the Department of Health has been contacting their contacts, asking them for who they were with, contacting those people and saying, "It turns out that someone that you, someone that turned positive, has been in contact with you, and we would recommend that you quarantine." I know everybody thinks what they've been doing is quarantine. No, we've been doing like we've been doing social distancing. Quarantine is no, you don't leave your house. You go in your yard. You in your house. You don't have people come by. Someone else gets your groceries. Someone else gets your medicine. Um, maybe if you need if you need food, you, you don't even go get the pickup at the at the you know you don't even get the curbside at the um, at the restaurant. Someone else does that and leaves it on your front porch. We really want you to not be in contact with people. So quarantine. So we ask you to quarantine, and then we say, yeah, we'd like to test you and we've had the the, the recommendations about when we should do that testing are all over the map in large part because the science isn't clear and we have to weigh the overuse of testing. And it's not all that fun to get your nose swabbed. So many people would rather not do that more times than they need to. Um, And also not wanting to give people a sense of false reassurance. So if you had a contact yesterday and get tested today, that test is, that test reflects what happened, you know, three or four days ago, not what happened yesterday, because the test doesn't turn positive by the way. And so if we tell someone they need to quarantine and then we test them early and they get a negative result, does that undermine their commitment to quarantine? Um, so trying to figure out when we should test people is a trick, but what we've been doing is five to seven days, and then again at 14 days before we release people from quarantine. And now that's not going to be done for anybody who doesn't live with a case. So if your contact was close, but it was not, you, you aren't a household member, then the health department won't be ordering your test. It doesn't mean you can't get a test. You just have to figure out how to get a test. And what's disheartening to me, it's not that I'm not willing to do the work, is that the health department has done the work. So they have found the person, they've talked to them, they know the date which they became infectious, they've gotten the story. And then they've heard all the people, they've gotten the the list of the people they need to call, and they've called those people, and they have them on the phone, they have all their information. And then what's remaining for them to do is what takes about a minute to two minutes, and that is completing a form to order a test and faxing that over. So it's not because it's more work. It's maybe a little bit more work, and you have to call them back and tell them the result. But these are people in quarantine that the health department will be talking to anyway. Okay, so it's another couple of minutes of work. If they don't do that, and then that person calls me or another primary care provider, we now have to do the 30 to 45 minutes of work. Maybe we'll do it in 10 minutes because we're pressed for time, of what's the story, when were you in contact, when should we get the test, all of that, and then order the test. And it, no, they're not saying why that's not sustainable, But what I'm reading between the lines, and if there's someone from the public health department listening and they have a different information and would like to come on the air and clarify this, oh, my goodness, give us a call. We would so love to have you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Send me an email, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because of budget. Because if the health department orders the test, the health department pays for it out of their budget. Missouri is 49th in the amount of money we spend per capita on public health. We've been underfunding our public health department for so long that right now, the the Boone County Health Department is, is is recruiting, training, and using volunteers to do the contact tracing because they can't pay people to do it, which is not sustainable long-term. But they're doing a great job and I am so glad they're doing that. It just breaks my heart that this is the weak link in our department. So the thing is, that's one pot of public money, is the public health department's budget, which comes from, I'm not sure where, I'm sure Boone County, I'm sure the city of Columbia, there's probably money from the state, there's probably money from the federal government, there's probably donations from, I don't know, I am sure they're working really hard to get money from everywhere they can. So that's one pot of public money. If the person then calls me or another doctor and gets an order, then when they go to get tested, the person does not pay for the test. At this point in Boone County, that's the way it's working. The person doesn't pay for the test. If they have health insurance, health insurance is charged. If they have Medicare or Medicaid, that gets charged. I don't know how well those places are paying for it, but that gets charged. If they don't, can't build insurance for whatever reason. I don't know, but I think there is state money and federal money um, to pay for some of that. I am sure that Boone Hospital and the University Hospital, and I'm sure the hospitals in surrounding counties are eating some of that cost. Also, so we've got these pots of public money from the state of Missouri, from the federal government, and it's probably more pots than that. I'm sure it's not as simple as what I'm saying. Then there's, you know, Boone Hospital, which is a not-for-profit organization, and then there's the University of Missouri, which is also a state and federally funded, maybe it's not federally funded, forgive me if I'm not getting this right, but another pot of public money. So we've got the health department, Boone Hospital, University, the state of Missouri, and the U.S. government, and those pots of money are paying for the testing. And because we can't agree on which pot of public money a particular contact test should come out of, we are now putting a barrier between the person who is a contact and who would like to be tested and the actual test. And what that means is that some of them will not get tested. Mm
0: -hmm. And what about that telehealth visit that they would have to schedule do you know are most providers charging for that do they have to charge for it
1: so there's no this is we are capitalism so you know there's you have to you have to charge for your work if you want to stay in business Mm -hmm. but there's no law that says you you can't give away free health care um that telehealth visit if people call me i am doing very brief and actually my my office staff has been trained to do most of it and they you know And so that, I am not charging for that. Um, uh, And I'm not charging for the time it takes to call people back and give them the results. So that is a a donation that I'm making to this effort, because we can. Um, And I, initially the telehealth visit to determine if you needed a test at the university, immunehealth.org, were free. And I do not know if that's currently their policy. If someone knows that, I would welcome that information. Um, and I have heard that there was a policy, and then I've heard on social media people's experience of that, and being concerned that they were actually going to get charged. And I don't. I don't have information about how that actually happens. If people need, to, so people can go to an urgent care, or and so these are people who are under quarantine they can't go to an urgent care. Right. So they have to find someplace that will do a telehealth visit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I do wanna clarify that in my intro, I, I literally said, go to urgent care, but what the the Department of Public Health is recommending is these telehealth visits, obviously. They're not recommending right. someone go into a clinic um, to get tested uh, if they're a known case, or if they're uh, close right. contact.
1: Right, and so just, and also to make another clarification, Anyone who needs health care of any kind, that regardless of their COVID status, should go and get that health care. If you aren't sure if you absolutely need an in-person visit, then start with a phone call or a you know, an email or a you know a web interface so that you don't end up exposing people inadvertently. But I'm just gonna tell you that all of the facilities that I know of are doing their very best to make sure that people who need the care they need are getting the care they need. Um, and and I don't want any, and please tell your the people who are trying to help you that you're a contact of a case and that you're on quarantine um, or that you have symptoms so that we can make sure that the way we get you your care makes the most sense for your safety and the safety of all the people around you. So it's my understanding that we're, and if people are finding that that's this problematic, please call and give feedback so that we can all get it better. But we don't want people staying at home and not getting care for, say, heart attacks or, or, you know, colds and flu, which is coming back up for sexually transmissible infections, for uh, injuries and accidents. Like we are trying to have the healthcare system work for people and, uh, uh, Folks who are on the inside are, are assuring me that we're doing a pretty good job of making sure people are not getting sick while they're getting health care. They're not getting COVID-19 while they're getting medical care. Um, but the way that's going to work is we will all cooperate and make sure everybody knows and don't just go in if, and not tell people. So there's that. But don't stay away if you need something. Like just because you're on quarantine, if, you know, if you get chest pain and shortness of breath, you call an ambulance and tell them, I'm on quarantine, but I've got this problem and we'll make it work for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just keep thinking, you know, um, when all of this started with the pandemic we were talking about, and you've mentioned this yourself, um, flattening the curve so that we don't overwhelm the hospital system, but we haven't really talked about, or at least I haven't seen much dialogue around flattening the curve so that we don't overwhelm our public health systems. And, um, I just, you know, with schools opening back up, um, students coming into Columbia, I think The the Missourian reported this weekend on there's a study where Columbia is in the top 25 most vulnerable college towns because of the pandemic. Um, You know, where do we go from here if if we're really in the thick of this mess and um, we don't have the resources to be doing the kinds of testing and giving the kinds of care that that we need to. Um, It's a big question. I don't expect you to answer it. It is a big question. And
1: no, but I know that there's those sort of social media or party game things that if you, you know, you give a list of 12 things that people love, and you can only pick two. You know, like, okay, you can either have coffee and chocolate or sleeping in or air conditioning or blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I think we're at one of those things is that we may not be able to have all of them. We may only be able to pick one or two of in-person school, in-person college, functioning court system, hospitals at work, a public health department that can actually do contact tracing, bars, restaurants for dine-in, movie theaters, uh, indoor exercise, Like, uh, and, and I get it, you know, exercise is really important for your health. And in December, it is hard to exercise outside. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I, I just, it's just interesting to me how, like, I I think we ought to do all the things we can outside. I think we need to do the things and I think we need to do them outside. Um, I have been an advocate for outdoor education for, you know, 20 years. And um, it appears that that is not something that educators are willing to consider mostly. Um, Even people who are doing alternative schooling are unwilling to do it outside because the weather is a challenge. Yep. It's a challenge. Yeah. I think that sporadic cases of COVID-19 among students and faculty are going to be a bigger challenge than dining, drinking, educating, exercising, socializing outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so I don't know what, uh, what we do moving forward, but I think that everybody who is a policymaker needs to have a plan for when they're going to think that this is um, criteria for when they're going to think that, well, now this is too far and we have got to do something, and what it is, the thing that they're going to do. Um, and that has to be a little flexible because the science is emerging. But I think that um, the beginning of the collapse of our public health system, our inability to test and trace cases in their context, is, it's like, you know, the if we're fighting a wildfire, fire, if you can't even see where the wildfire is anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, or where it's spreading. It's,
1: right. So this does not mean oh, my goodness, it's out of control. What it means is that starting this week, we won't know. Mm-hmm.
0: And so if you were to order a test for someone who was a close contact, um, is there any requirement that as a physician you're following up uh, at that? What was it? Did you say the nine nine days after after they've been quarantined to do another test? Can you refresh us on that process? Yeah.
1: So, um those are great questions. I am, I'm sure, I'm ethically uh, required to do many things that I perhaps are not doing. Um, but what we're recommending is, I don't know what the what the um, uh, best practices are. But it seems like the data indicates that we probably ought to test contact as soon as we know that there are contact and we believe that they have passed enough of an incubation period that there's any chance that the test would be positive. So, like, testing people less than three days since their contact is probably, you, you know, you're just trying to see whether they were contacted by somebody else or something. So, that's not very helpful. So, <clears throat> at least three days after their, last, their first contact with the case. And then at five to seven days um, uh, from the contact, and then at 14 days when we're about to end quarantine. <coughs> and I think that often because there's a delay in getting the results back and a delay in contact tracing, by the time we've contacted someone, we're at that five- to seven-day moment anyway. One of the challenges is that if we don't test these contacts until much later, now we're going to ask them to remember a week ago who they were in contact with. And that starts to deteriorate the, um, the ability to do it at all, even if suddenly you had unlimited funding. You're now... The limiting factor is
0: somebody's Mm memory. But so now that that second test that kind of confirms that someone can can leave quarantine, Mm -hmm. um, that's at the discretion of the physician that ordered the test in the first place. Right. Right. It's not the 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 public health department isn't following up on any of these people anymore
1: they are following them it's my understanding they're contacting they're they're talking to them on the phone or okay. contacting them by electronically on a daily or every other day basis so that's one of the reasons that contact tracing is such a a heavy lift for a health department is that once you ask someone to isolate or quarantine remember we isolate the sick and we quarantine the well mm-hmm. So the people who are in the case get isolation, and the people who are a contact get quarantine, and we talk about those differently because it's different amounts of time, because yeah, because of all various things. Um, so those people, not only do we ask them who they've been in contact with, and we explain to them how we want to we want them to limit their interaction with other people. Um, We also do our best to provide them at least brainstorm and if there are public resources to help them support them in their uh, isolation or quarantine. And then we also have somebody um, be in touch with them uh, on an ongoing basis so that we know um, how they're doing. And I would say that if you are a contact and you develop symptoms, everyone agrees that that would be a great time to test you and I think you still have to go and find somebody to order a test, except that the university's drive-through testing has nurses available who can take your history. And if you meet their criteria, that is, if you have any symptoms, if you're the con- contact of a case, well, now that's an interesting thing. So you can tell this is new. I haven't even thought it through. Mm-hmm. I think the contact of a closed case, you can still get a test without a physician order at the university. Okay. I'm going to make some calls and find that out. And I'll confirm that tomorrow when we're on the, when we're on the air. So, um, yeah, yeah, but once you have symptoms, it's much easier to get a test.
0: Okay. Um, and and just for folks who maybe missed the first couple of minutes of the show yeah. when we were talking about this, Dr. Alman, could you give us just a real quick quick recap on on what we're talking about? This change from the Boone yes. County Department of Public Health and Human Services. Boone
1: County Columbia Health Department is no longer going to order tests for close contacts of cases of COVID nineteen cases unless they are household content. So if you end up ha- being exposed to someone who is infectious with COVID-19 and you don't live with them, um, you um, you will not have the health department order your test. You can still get a test. Do not give up. It's just going to be up to you to figure out how to get the test. Oh, right. You can't go to the drive-up t- uh, I don't know what the drive-up testing is doing as far as contact of cases if you're on quarantine. They must be doing it. We've got to do the test somehow. These are questions I need to clarify. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I we... was trying to be clear, and then I just came up with a fact <laughs> that I don't know something. So if you're contacting a case and you live in the household, the health department will continue to, to, to provide you the services that they have unchanged as it stands right now. If you are not a household contact, but you are a close contact, you will need to be on your own to figure out how to get a test. If you want me to order you a test, you may call my office, 573-443-7070, and we will um, uh, get you moving through a testing as long as, I mean, most people call me get a test. There is also a contact form you can fill out online at my website, www.dralleman.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-M-A-N-N.com. And you can fill out a contact form and somebody will be in touch with you. Um, if you have a primary care provider, they should be able to order, order you a test. And if you are the contact of a case, there shouldn't be much of a concern about that. Um, and I am going to guess urgent care centers are going to be get a lot of requests for this
0: Mm -hmm. well thank you dr allman for breaking this down for us and of course we we have our homework to do and we'll we'll come back tomorrow with hopefully a few more answers Um, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with uh, today
1: tomorrow sarah hum who is a public communication specialist for the city manager's office at the city of columbia and I guess one of the people are very active in figuring out how to collect census data because this is 2020 and we need to have a census and how that's going and what how COVID-19 is affecting that. And then on Thursday, um, I I want to talk about schools, going back to school. I think we need to revisit that. I'm not sure. I'm looking for a guest right now. If anybody's got a suggestion of a guest, that'd be great. Um And I want to remind people, if you have questions, they can call the station. What's the number there that they could call?
0: 573-874-1139 is our office line.
1: Right. And in the meantime, wash your hands, wear your mask, take your vitamin D, and cultivate a cheerful confidence that you exist right now because your body knows how to handle a viral infection.
0: Great. Thank you, Dr. Alleman. Have a good rest of your day. You too. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. As always, and as Dr. Alleman just mentioned, we want to know what questions, comments, and insights you have related to the pandemic in mid-Missouri. Leave a message for us at 573-874-1139. You can email gm at kopn.org or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Up next, we have an abridged version of Background Briefing. Thank you so much for listening to KOPN. 89.5 your volunteer run listener supported open access community radio station here in beautiful downtown Columbia. Have a great day.